If you haven't heard, after two years, AIM7 is now live in the App Store. AIM7 unlocks the power of your smartwatch and wearable data, providing precise recommendations for exercise, sleep, and mental fitness. Tackle burnout head on and level up your health and wellness journey with AIM7. And because you are a Blueprint listener for the next eight days, you can try AIM7 for just $1 for your first month. This is an exclusive offer for my community. And if you've tried AIM7 before, but you haven't experienced our new features like our morning sunrise mindfulness moments that help you reclaim your morning and start the day with calm focus, then try it out. Again, this is only available for a few more days and just for this community. Hi, everybody. It's Dr. Eric Corum, founder of AIM7. Welcome back to The Blueprint, where we distill cutting-edge science, leadership, and life skills into simple tactics optimized for your busy lifestyle and goals. The pursuit of work-life balance is an unrealistic hamster wheel that leads to constant guilt and disappointment. Trust me, I have felt this deeply. An award-winning two-times TEDx speaker and workplace performance expert, Henna Pryor is here to talk about why we should pursue work-life harmony and not balance. In this candid conversation, Henna shares vulnerable stories about the daily challenge of recalibrating her priorities as a busy founder, mom, and wife. Discover why the metaphor of a tightrope walker's constantly shifting balancing pole creates more freedom and eases the trap of perfectionism. This honest dialogue will help you release unrealistic expectations and find more harmony between your personal and professional worlds. So let's get right to it. Let's lean in and learn from the best. Hannah, something that I have been facing and struggling with personally, right, is uh, I transitioned from a career in sports where there's defined periods of ridiculous amounts of work. So I knew from like July to January, it was going to just suck. And it was great, right? I love what I did, but it was seven days a week, et cetera. And so you can kind of know that the, the finish line. Well, now that I'm an entrepreneur, there is no finish line. Nope. You have milestones. You're on the treadmill. Yes. <laughs> and people talk about this work-life balance thing. I don't think it exists. I think there's seasons. But you talk about how we should remove this from our vocabulary. Why should we remove it from our vocabulary? And what can we do about this in our heads so we don't feel so guilty all the time? Hopefully we have a slightly PG audience because I'll say work-life balance is utter BS, right? Like it is nuts. (laughs) I'll I'll at least use the initials because it sets us up for a standard that is unreachable. So I I love using the metaphor of a tightrope walker, right? So if you watch a tightrope walker, so tightrope walkers, I've learned that there's a name for this thing. I used to just call it the stick. They have something Mm. called a balancing pole. That's actually Mm. the name of this thing that they hold. And if you watch a tightrope walker, now from a distance, it looks like this balancing pole is relatively flat, right? And they're walking across. But if you actually look at them closely, the balancing pole is constantly shifting left and right, constantly. They're just making constant adjustments all the time. And that's what's keeping them, quote unquote, in balance. They're never perfectly level. They're never, I mean, in, in a split second moment, if you were to take a snapshot, but you know, in reality, they're not perfectly level. It's constant adjustments. And so the term that I like to use to be more realistic and attainable is either work-life harmony. I like work-life integration because the truth is, you know, I'll just, I'll speak for me as an honest example. Also an entrepreneur with a very, you know, grateful to have a very busy work schedule. I am a mother of two wonderful children, 13 and 11, you know, married to a husband who works full time in a demanding sales job. 
if I aimed for balance, I would find myself constantly disappointed because one or the other would be out of balance. And so when I aim instead for harmony, that to me feels like a dance, right? Some days the volume over here is going to be a little louder. Over here, it's going to be a little lower. Some days I'm going to turn the dial. It'll go a little bit the other way. Some days it might sound better to me than others. That's okay. Sometimes it'll sound good unexpectedly, right? It just gives a lot more freedom to understand that these pieces play together, but to try to keep them in balance. And honestly, with most caregivers and people I know, it's a fool's errand because it's very hard to find that balance point. It's rare. Yeah, I feel it's a teeter-totter. I actually heard somebody say recently, like, I want to be present for my kids, right? So like last night, uh, we went to dinner. We took our two youngest because our oldest was at camp. And I was like, all right, the oldest is gone. The youngest this week hasn't been getting the same level of attention. You know, you know, because he hasn't had the same special, like he's doing the camp thing. So I told my wife, I was like, let's take him to dinner and make it a special thing. So we went there and all of a sudden I kind of felt my mind at work. And so I just was like, I just like, Eric, just like breathe and like focus on him. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because a really good friend of mine was like, look, Eric, when you guys go on a vacation, like try to be as present as you can with your kids. When you're spending time with them, give them all of your time and attention. And quality is important and quantity at certain mm-hmm. times. But when they know that you're there and that you're there with them yeah. and you're available, it's like they understand if mom or dad has to go do something at night or they have to do something. But there's never going to be a balance And then another thing real quick, my mom and dad were both entrepreneurs. My mom told me this recently. She's in her early 70s and has built a killer catering and food manufacturing company in Dallas, like 50 plus employees. Awesome. And she's like, Eric, the work will never be done. No. So you just got to cut it off. Like at some point at night, you got to just like, I'm done. Yeah. I read something recently. It kind of just spoke to me as you were talking. It was something like, you know, at your funeral, people won't remember your achievements. They'll remember the person you were as you were achieving, right? And so my kids, you know, maybe they'll kind of remember the TEDx or maybe they'll kind of remember the book, but really what they're going to remember is how was mom? Like what type of person was mom in those years where she was working really hard? Was she constantly on her phone and half listening? You know, there are days, and I, I think it's important to just be like, own your stuff here. There are days where I have done that and I'm not proud of it. And there are days that I probably continue to do that and I'm not proud of it. And there are other days where I will catch myself and go, you are missing your kid's childhood, right? And so that is daily work to recalibrate. You know, I'm, I'm ambitious, I'm wired for achievement. And sometimes it can be at the expense of things that are more important to me. And so I just, I share that because I think honestly, sometimes you know, authors and speakers and thought leaders come on sort of sage from the stage, they have it figured out. It is a daily, you know, when we talk about that balancing pole, I am recalibrating my balancing pole every damn day, every damn day and have to have to reset button every damn day. And I think that will be the rhythm of it, but it's intentionality, you know? Mm -hmm. I heard, um, do you know who Andy Elliott is? No. He's this new, I shouldn't say new. He's a sales guy, kind of like a Grant Cardone-ish type of thing. Mm -hmm. He's on Instagram. He shows up in these tight clothes, muscled out. And it, it, some of it's a little off-putting to me, but he said something the other day that just like, I don't know, I follow him because like I'm offended. And then there's every once in a while he says something that I'm like, that's genius. That's really good. And I think he he's not perfect. I don't think he would ever claim to be perfect. So, but he said something is like, 
stop living your life behind your phone. Your health and your children are behind that phone. Although it's coming on social media, which is kind of funny to me, right? Right, right, right. Like he's speaking to people like you and me. And it's and it's not like he's judging, but it was like, we need to stop, you know. And I think the win is, Henna, when you do realize it and you go, putting it down. Yeah. And I'm gonna go be with my kids. Well, and just to bring this full circle, you know, I think right now we brought up the phone in the context of staying present with our families. But interestingly, one of the areas I also talk about in the book is often people are turning to their technologies and their phone to avoid awkwardness. Mm. You know, it's a numbing agent. So in the grocery store line, phone, on the elevator, phone, because it is a way to numb out social awkwardness. And, you know, a lot of times a Adults are like, you know, am I like this? You know, some are like, yes, I'm very much like this. But other people are like, well, my teenager is like this, you know, where they're they're not able to have these conversations or they can't look their server in the eye. But am I like this? And then I ask them questions like, have you ever hammered an elevator door button shut because you didn't want to make small talk with someone? Have you ever pulled out your phone in the grocery store line because you didn't want to have to make eye contact with someone? If that has ever happened to you, no shame, no guilt, just understand that your social muscles could also use strengthening, right? It's not just our teenagers, it's generational because of these technologies and the impact they've had on our social muscle. Brilliant. Listen, if you're listening to this, you gotta go get this book, Good Awkward. You gotta go watch your TED Talks. Hina, where can people book you, find you? Because I mean, I know there's people listening to this that have companies And they're like, wow, this is some amazing stuff. I could use her to come talk to my team. How can people get in touch with you? No, I appreciate that. I mean, my website's the easiest. If they just go to hennapryor.com, it'll redirect to my company, which is prioritygroup.com. LinkedIn, Instagram, I'm Henna Pryor and all the places. And I am full-time keynote speaker and love to work with companies and teams on, you know, what gets in their way of success. And uh, it's been been a really fun year and it's only getting more fun. So I'd love to help out anybody that's interested in up-leveling their team's performance. Well, thank you so much for coming on The Blueprint. I know you're making an impact out there and I'm excited to continue to support you. And anytime you want to come back, just let me know, okay? Awesome. It was a great conversation. Thank you for having me. Thanks again for listening to The Blueprint Podcast. And if you learned something today about work-life harmony versus balance, you have a colleague that may be struggling with this, please share this message with them. You never know the impact it may have in their life. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you on the next episode.